Welcome everybody to the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast Show with myself, Aaron, and Tom. A couple of weeks ago, uh, when we did our WrestleMania preview special, we told everyone we had an idea uh, for a special show that we were going to do with our guests tonight, Aaron Silvers and J.R. Huffman. And actually, it did not come from us. Uh, and that's the one the good thing about allowing comments on your YouTube. We've got a few not-so-nice comments, uh, but every once in a while, we do get a comment and it kind of means a little bit something. So Josh Bailey wrote to us, you guys should do a top five for for most potential uh, 2023. And it was basically, you know, who are some people people need to know about? And so we thought that that was going to be a pretty good idea to kind of bust out and do that. Now, we did have some criteria on that. Uh, and one of those criteria is we're going to do one male, one female, and then one wild card. It can be either a male or female. Uh, so everyone will get three picks instead of five. And then someone that has not been on our podcast is kind of what we're aiming for. Because here's the thing. If you're on our podcast, we're already trying to bring awareness for you. And we want people to be aware of you. So it kind of keeps us from having to speak on people that we've already kind of spoke on a little bit. So that's some of the criteria that we're going into. But before we do that, uh, let's talk. It was WrestleMania. And we're going to talk a little bit about the fallout of WrestleMania now that the a couple of weeks have kind of gone by. We've kind of seen where they're going on Raw and SmackDown with a few angles. So, Aaron, we'll start with you. What were your overall impressions of WrestleMania night one and two? Um. We it, it was exactly what we thought it would be on on night one. Uh, we ended up with the main event we thought we were going to see. We've seen the belts change hands as we thought we were going to. Um, I would have liked to have seen all said and done. You know, um, that night one, I think Rhea and Charlotte had a really good match um, to cap off their their feud and the title change there. They they could have very well been the main event for night one. Um, but uh, either way, they didn't get the night one main event spot, but they put on a show. Um, but uh, night one overall was pretty good. Um, night two, I can't complain much either there. I was pretty excited about several matches there, including, you know, even the Edge and Finn Balor match. I mean, it got pretty gruesome there with the injury angle with, with Finn Balor there where split his head open there. But uh, And then also the entrances. I, I mean, I got a mixed reactions from some friends of mine about the entrance. They weren't impressed with the entrance of either one. But... I guess call me a mark if you will, but I love the edge entrance. I thought it was something different, um, a different type of mask, a different look that we didn't think we'd ever see. And then they did something different with, uh, you know, the adding the movie trailer in the middle of that to kind of go with uh, the theme of, you know, hell in a cell type and the demon. And I, I really liked how they incorporated Hollywood into that since they were in Hollywood. It makes sense. Um, and a lot of people didn't, it didn't click with them on that, but I loved it. Uh, night two, um, I was surprised just as, you know, most of the wrestling world was, we for sure thought Cody was walking away with that belt. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm sure we're going to see Cody get his moment at some point or another, probably, possibly SummerSlam. Maybe they wait till Survivor Series. I'm not sure. Um, because right now we, we also had a wrench through and things on Monday after and Brock Lesnar comes out there and here's a new feud with Brock. So makes me think that Reigns gets his thousand days. Then they talk about a tile change, just as you mentioned on the last episode. Um, but the only time will tell. And of course there's some other factors to talk about in there, which I'll let some other folks here talk. Tom, your thoughts on WrestleMania. So it'll be kind of short and sweet. Um, I think night one was a really good show from top to bottom. I give it an A. Uh, night two, I gave it a C, um, only because I'm a Cody Mark and I wanted Cody to win. However, I will say that I like the direction they're going after it was all kind of said and done. And then we, we got the Brock turn. And I, I can see that this story had more legs to it than what I, I guess, was okay with. But now that I see where it's going and where it can go, I'm much happier with what the future holds than where we would have been had Cody won the championship at WrestleMania and then where do we go next? Because, yeah, you could always line up 
whoever heel you want to line up against Cody. Um, but I think uh, extending his story is actually going to be more beneficial later on. Um, I wanted Cody to win because I'm just, a, I'm a big Cody fan, but there's going to be a lot more passion behind it. If they can incorporate some different things into that story. And then he finally is able to win that championship later on. So after all said and done, I like what they did, even though in the moment I did not. And I'm also not a fan of WrestleMania ending on a sour note. It just always kind of leaves me a little bit. Um, not, I, I would rather be hyped up, I guess, after Mania ends instead of that lull. And then what's going to happen tomorrow? But overall, <laughs> I enjoyed the weekend. Yeah. Well, I want to piggyback off of what Tom said a little bit uh, about the uh, – first of all, I've never been truly invested in Cody. Um, it's, it's never – I wanted to be. Uh, it's just never hit those marks. And then I don't feel like AW did a really good job uh, of uh, putting him in position where he could be. Uh, and, and I think he ultimately wanted to elevate the talent kind of like an undertaker did and create stars within that company. Uh, and then people just got in the wrong lanes and it just didn't work out. Uh, so I was really excited that he came to the WWE and I do like, uh, the American nightmare character. Um, I did, I loved his outfit, his entrance, everything. I was, I was all aboard him winning the title. At WrestleMania, and I was a little disappointed. I was a little taken back at Brock Lesnar, but with Vince McMahon taking back over, uh, it kind of made sense. Uh, well, it seems like he did. I don't know that. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not in the I'm not in the upper echelon to know that, but it seems like. Um, and I watched a Dusty documentary. I don't know if you all have seen that yet with A and E, but. Um, all they talked about a lot was Dusty having going through hard times and things like that. And to be honest, I mean, in one way, I guess Cody did go through hard times, uh, but he's really going through hard times now. And I think I really believe that he will win that title and it'll, uh, it'll elevate um, WWE when he does. Uh, and, and I do want to see that. Uh, I am an invested Cody fan now and I don't care who, who thinks that, but I didn't get to watch WrestleMania live. I had to watch uh, – I stayed up to 5 o'clock in the morning, Saturday going into Sunday, because I wasn't going to miss it. Uh, I got about three hours sleep, uh, and then I had a full day. Uh, went and recorded some more music, and I uh, was very happy with that. But I, I didn't miss WrestleMania night two. And I think they did a really good job at some of the blips that happened in WrestleMania night two. And that may have been why it received a C from Tom, and I, I get that. But they did a good job of cleaning up their messes because they had a lot of messes on night two, and that happens with anything in your life. When that camera's on, it happens. But overall, I was very satisfied. Another WrestleMania in the books that I loved it. Uh, for me, if you take out all of the stuff uh, that I was not caring about, I will say this. The men's tag team turmoil, uh, you know, with Ricochet and Braun Strowman, whatever you want to call that, exceeded my expectations that match was crazy uh and I, I kudos for them for keeping me invested the way that they did because it was one of the matches where i was like oh my gosh like i don't need it but it was perfect and they really delivered um if you take out the women's tag because to me it didn't really deliver much if you take out the women's six person to me it didn't deliver much if you take out I'd say it. Bianca and Oscar really didn't deliver much for me. Uh, if you take out Brock and almost was fine for what it was. It was fine. Um, but if you even Seth and Logan, I, I wasn't that invested into it. If you take out a lot of that, those matches and you put those big moments, it could have been one of the best WrestleManias of all time. Uh, because there was a lot of things that were really good on the show. I didn't care if Roman won or lost, and I didn't care if Cody won or lost. I love the bloodline. I love everything about it. I also like Cody a lot, too. So I was okay with him winning. But when it was over, and I thought, 
it doesn't matter to me if Cody wins the title coming up. I don't know if it will ever be as big a moment handed to them on a silver platter than what they had right then and there. He can still win it. The crowd will pop. But my goodness, I mean, here we have stood for years now waiting for someone, a baby face that people are behind it, people care for. And we had it. And he was the perfect person for it. And I just worry now with a new sale of a company and who's kind of back in charge. Will the title mean as much when he perhaps finally wins it, if he ever wins it? And that's scary to me. The pivot to Brock is, well, I I guess I needed to figure out why Brock did what he did. He still hasn't explained it yet. Uh, So that'll be interesting to see how they kind of play that off. But I can't stand when someone's cheated out of a world title like Cody was with Solo. And... Now it's almost like, well, since Brock punched me in the face, I don't care anymore for right now. I don't need my rematch. I don't like that. If you got screwed, you should want your rematch. And it's weird because the first night back after Raw, he said, I was screwed, basically. You didn't beat me, beat me. And then this week, he was kind of like, I lost to Roman. I'm sorry. And it was kind of like, you can't have it both ways, man. Like, either you were screwed or you really got beat. Um, I, I feel like Roman's going to get some feuds thrown at him uh, here and there. I hope when Cody wins the title, they can get him hard. I mean, uh, back hot again. And like you said, JR, maybe they're going to tell a Cody's hard time story. Maybe he's going to go on this losing streak. Maybe he's going to get beat up a lot. He's going to redeem himself and he's going to come back stronger. I'm not opposed to this being a long feud like The Rock and Austin had, where it's Roman and Cody. And they're going to push this for a couple years because it took The Rock forever to finally beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. So maybe this is where we're going with it. Um, But overall, WrestleMania was fantastic. Um, AEW could never, I told Tom this, AEW could never have done a show like WrestleMania. And I know that's going to catch a lot of heat from a lot of people. In-ring work and match-wise, oh, yeah, AEW can deliver some good matches. The two main stories on night one and night two, AEW has not even come close to telling those two stories. They have not. To get me emotionally invested. And I, I had somebody say, well, Adam Heyman Page and the Elite breaking up. Are you kidding me? That is nowhere close to the Sami Zayn story emotionally and the Cody Rhodes story emotionally. This was probably the most emotional invested WrestleMania I could ever remember. And I think that's why it made a lot of people really pissed off at the end. Yep. You know, there was reports you know, as soon as the bell rang and Roman won, people took off out of the stadium like, you got to be shitting me. Yep. Like, they were mad. You they walked out. So You know, you know Aaron, it's... I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on what you just said. You know that's that's the difference in these two major companies. You know it truly is sports entertainment versus professional wrestling spot fest. That's the difference. There's no story on the other side, which I love both. I'm not gonna sit here and you know bash either one, but that's that's where you're exactly right. There's no storytelling on the other side to have a show like what we saw or what we've seen for years. And, you know, we got this big pop going for Wembley that they're going to be doing here soon. I don't see that being the show that they're pumping it up to be. Um, so I can't disagree with what you're going with on that. I don't, they're not getting 90,000 in Wembley. Mm-mm. They're not, no. I don't care what they say. They're not getting 90,000 and maybe 50,000 is a success for them. But my uh-huh. biggest fear as far as that, now that you mention it, my biggest fear as far as this Wembley show is going to be, it's going to be kind of like a forbidden door type deal. Where it's going to have some one-off matches. You know, you got some great British talent like Will Ospreay, and they'll bring him in for a match. And they'll bring this person in for a match. Build me some stories. 
you know, where the payoff is fantastic. Maybe the CM Punk thing turns out to be a great story once he comes back and they really pull you in and you want to see the elite kick his ass. Maybe that's the story that we go with eventually, but that's the only, and I, and I do, I, I like AEW and that's no knock to any AEW talent, you know, match quality, match for match quality. Gotcha. Storytelling, not there. I've got a good comparison, uh, uh, guys. That uh, you just made me think of something. When I think about AEW, I think about your favorite fast food chain restaurant. You want it now, uh, and it tastes good, and you want it, and it's something you always go back to. But think about those restaurants that are sit down restaurants that it takes time to build that up, and how enjoyable it is, and how many elements there are when it comes to that type of restaurant. That's the way I compare AEW and WWE. You have those type of uh, uh, matches. You have those type of storylines. They're quick and gone when it comes to AEW, and that's that's just a fact. And I'm not knocking on AEW. I love AEW, but uh, WWE has a really good grasp on storytelling. Are they consistent about it? Sometimes. But when you, when you think about those two storylines you just talked about, the two that made WrestleMania – Think about that in comparison to got to have it now. Okay, let's move on to the next. What's next? And you talk about the open door. Think about those restaurants that have, uh, for a limited time offer, they have something they add into the regulars. That's what I think about when it comes to AEW. And I know it's weird to compare fast food to wrestling, um, but that's just something that stood out to me when you all brought that up. I mean, it's, 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 it's a good fact, and hopefully they pull that off. Hopefully they do. And that's another thing, too. They're still a young company. And I'm not – here's the thing. WWE has struggled for years, years to have come up with two storylines that have made me that invested. So – and they just hit – I mean, they got lucky this year. Everything fell right into place. The fans reacted uh, to people that they weren't expecting them to react to. And, it, you know, they caught lightning in the bottle. And they wrote it. And I, I'm proud of them for doing it because I think it made for a great weekend. All right. So, we're going to start off with our uh, people that you should know and start paying attention to if you have not. And we'll start with the male uh, talent. Tom, we'll start with you. Who is your male talent that people out there should know? So, this person is not a rookie by any means. Um, however, depending upon what you watch, you may have never watched this person at all. If you're somebody who just watches AEW, WWE, you're not going to know who this is. But it is somebody who I have uh, been able to watch live a couple of times. And both performances live were fantastic. A gentleman who can do anything, but does a really good job in a violent type of a match where there's going to be blood and uh, lots of craziness going on, extreme things happening. Um, but he can also just flat out wrestle. And that's Mance Warner. Uh, a lot of times he's in a tag team, which is great. He's fantastic at that. But I also see him as somebody that could be a breakout star and could potentially be uh, GCW champion, MLW champion, um, I could see him getting signed to AEW and doing bigger and better things. He doesn't always have to do the violent, bloody face, getting destroyed. He can do it all. Um, somebody that I uh, I have, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, just learned who he was, and now I am hooked. I'm a fan for life. Awesome. Yeah, Mance is, Mance is a good one. Uh, I've enjoyed him. The the one time that I was able to watch him live at GCW, it scared my daughter half to death with his face of crimson. But, I mean, that's that's the character, and that's the way it is. Aaron, you're male. Yeah, so mine is going to be uh, somebody that, um, again, kind of the same thing. He's not really a rookie, but at the same time, he kind of is forced to be right now. Um, we officially, I guess, found out this week when the debut is going to be. Um, but that is Nick Wayne for AEW. Um, 18 year old, um, was talked to about a contract at 16 years old. Um, got a family history in the wrestling business, a well-known last name, um, and now going to be doing bigger and better things in AEW soon. Uh, but Nick Wayne, I mean, he's, uh, it, it, as far as I've seen so far, uh, has a total package. He has the look, um, uh, he can work. 
Um, I've seen him live also in GCW, um, among other promotions that I've seen uh, through through video. But uh, again, again, I did get to see him in GCW live last year. Uh, but Nick Wayne, I think we are going to see big things out of him. Um, and uh, again, it looks like uh, June to July, I believe, is when they announced that he'll actually make a debut. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And uh, hats off to him for the young, as young as he is, um, getting that major contract with a major uh, promotion. So mine's Nick Wayne. Yeah, Nick Wayne, uh, been, again, that's one of that we've been blessed to, to see. Uh, we'll see him again on Sunday. Um, exceptional talent. Um, you know, if AEW is playing their cards right with cert- certain people, uh, Nick Wayne and then a specific female uh, that is not confirmed or denied, uh, they've got a lot of great years ahead of them if they play those cards right. JR, your male talent. Well, I'm probably going to get uh, busted for this. Uh, this person is already of a, a bit of fame. Uh, but I'm going to explain why, and hopefully you guys will uh, show me some th- sympathy here. Uh, I'm going with Austin Theory, and I'm going to tell you why. I have never been invested in this kid. Uh, he's got the talent. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the physique. But I'll tell you why I'm invested in him, and Aaron's gonna, Aaron Silver's going to appreciate this. I just watched the Rivals documentary of Randy Orton and The Undertaker. Austin Theory reminds me of a young Randy Orton. He had the size. He was green. But I'm telling you, he is the next big star. Uh, I see things in him that I didn't see before. Uh, Even when, you know, the thing with Vince McMahon going away and Vince McMahon was promoting him, I see it now. I see the confidence in him. I see where they are going with him. And if they use him correctly, I see him reaching superstardom like Randy Orton. And Aaron's probably perplexed at this because – I've never said this before, but I watched him at WrestleMania and the way that he carries himself, he believes that he's going to be the next star. And that's why there's a lot of people that'll see him on their TV screens, but they think, well, you know, he'll be good for a season, but he's, this kid's 25 years old. And I I think he has got every element that it takes to be the next big star because we're sleeping on him. Uh, He's, he's got that, you know, he's got that U.S. title. But I see him being a when those t- the title changes hands, he will be a world champion one day. Yeah, I'm not sleeping on him. If Tom saves all his text messages, if he scrolls back far enough, I was watching a Vice documentary on Evolve Wrestling, probably about three and a half, four years ago, and I said, "You gotta see this Austin Theory kid. He's got the whole package." Like I can tell, and of course, you know, you gotta, it's more than just the look. But he's got it, and I agree. He's a future, if he plays his cards right, I think he's a future world champion in the, in the WWE for sure. I think, does everybody kind of agree with that? Yeah, oh, wholeheartedly, yes. Yeah, he's, now that they've changed the character, he, you know, he's there. And I think he could have a good run as a babyface if, if they played their cards right as well. Yeah. All right, for my mail, I'm going to, uh, Pick a guy who's who's been wrestling around uh, the world quite a bit, and uh, a lot of people may not know him. But the first time I actually watched him live was at Starcast uh, this year uh, for Black Label Pro, and he was unlike anybody else on the card. Uh, again, Tom checked text messages. I mentioned him uh, right there on the spot. He is now signed with Impact Wrestling. He's former X Division champion, and that's Speedball Mike Bailey. Everyone needs to know who Speedball Mike Bailey is. If you like people, the equivalent of a Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whatever you want to call him now, if you like someone who can do the high flying plus the technical style, he's your guy. Uh, WrestleMania weekend. I think they said he wrestled nine times over WrestleMania weekend. Uh, he's paying his dues. If you have not checked him out on Impact, uh, he's one of the best technicians out there right now. His karate background, 
makes his matches. His striking ability is fantastic. Um, and he's just really a name to watch. It took him a while to get into the States uh, due to a travel visa. You know, he's from Canada. And once he got that taken care of, I know he was on WWE's radar uh, for a while. And he went the impact route. And good for him. But I think it's paid off pretty well for him. Speedball Mike Bailey is my male to watch. Tom, the female. All right. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say this female, none of you have heard of. Okay. Um, I would discovered this person because um, I follow the major pod and um, they talk a lot about create a pro, uh, which uh, Brian Myers and Pat Buck run. So I follow a lot of their pages and stuff and look at the talent that are on the cards. And, you know, they, a lot of times bring them into the, the, shows that they put on themselves, the FWF. Um, and this person came across my feed um, not too long ago. And I was like, she's intriguing. So, you know, I started watching. She actually debuted her first match in March. Um, but she's got a presence about her. Um, she's very strong. She's a powerhouse. Um, I would say... I, I think I've heard somebody compare her to like a Beth Phoenix type, but I believe she's uh, even at this early stage, uh, she seems a lot more um, in the know of the business and things of what Beth was back in the day. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I like Beth Phoenix and I think she became a really good wrestler, but if you're looking at how long she's been in the business if she continues to progress the way that she is, I think she's going to be a huge star. And her name is Gabby Forza. Um, she goes by the Nomi. So she's kind of got this little gimmick, the Nomi. Um, and uh, she's got the, she, I'm telling you, she's got the look. She's a powerhouse. She doesn't look like she, she just started wrestling. She looks like somebody who's had three, four years experience. Um, not just in the moves, but also in how she carries herself. Uh, and I think that's really important. Um, you can get the moves down all day long, but if you look like that's all you're paying attention to in your match is trying to get the moves right and you're not fluent in being a part of that match, then it really doesn't mean anything. And as early as she is into this, I think she's really putting those steps together well. You're, you're correct. You did throw out a name. I don't think many of us have heard, but I know what I'm going to do after we're done recording this. I'm going to look her up, and I'm going to tr try to see what I can't figure out about it. So, Aaron. Yeah, so, uh, Tom, great pick there. Uh, again, I've never heard of that uh, that uh, individual before, but uh, I'm not surprised with your uh, indie god hat there that you had to, you know, take from uh, their little crew that they got going on. So, I Definitely appreciate the pick and, of course, the hat. Uh, so uh, my female is actually somebody that's been around for a little while um, but has not uh, struck it big yet. Um, had a couple of uh, matches uh, through the NXT um, but never was officially signed to anything, um, like, permanent. Um, and I also got to see this individual this past weekend wrestle in an um, inner uh, – intergender match or inner uh, or mixed tag, uh, whatever you call, want to call it. And that is uh, Shaza McKenzie. Uh, Shaza McKenzie, um, Australian, um, blonde. Um, I really, I, I don't know how, who I would compare her to, um, but she works very well, carries herself well. Um, again, working with men and women both. Um, and uh, she, in the, in the match that she was in this weekend that I got to see, um, she was the best of the four in the ring, in my opinion. Um, but I think uh, we're going to see bigger and better things out of Shazam McKenzie as the years pass. Um, but again, uh, she's dabbled a little bit in NXT, but uh, more to come with her, I think. Uh, stay tuned. You know, I still need to find out what, you know, I wasn't there. And uh, so I'm, I guess I need to figure out more with clarification with the issue with her and Sean Ross Sapp. I, I think there was Twitter yeah, kind there's... of was confused on that. And I was confused when I saw it as well, but yeah, you know, yeah, that was definitely interesting. Uh, 
uh, him showing up in the in the middle of that match there that was kind of interesting. I I uh, didn't didn't know what was going on with that either. So and I never got any details on it either. So I'm with you on that. All right, Jeff. So again, um, one of my goals this year is to learn more about the indie wrestlers, and I've seen uh, a few, but I want to go to more indie matches, especially those up and coming superstars that we have. Uh, not only to gain more knowledge on for what you all have, but uh, to also, uh, I haven't heard of either one of those, uh, but I'm definitely intrigued and interested to find more out about those. Um, I'm going to go back to uh, more of a television feel for this one. Uh, I'm going to go with um, NXT, uh, and I'm going to go with Sol Ruka. This young lady is 23 years old. She's 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, She's a professional gymnast. And there's something about her that every time she wrestles, I want to I want to watch every match that she has. I don't know what it is, but there's something about her that's going to take her to the next level, uh, given, you know, given that she stays healthy uh, and that she continues to uh, progress in her uh, maneuvers. There's something about her placement in the matches uh, that is different than a lot of the other stars that I see. Uh, when she is going to do a move, when she is going to sell, when she is uh, maneuvering around the ring, she knows where she's at. And that's very unique for someone as little of an experience as she has. Uh, but I believe that this time next year, she'll already been, have been an NXT world champion. She will be called up to the main roster. I'm going to stick my neck and my reputation out there. There's something about her that's different. Uh, she has the ability also to change characters. Uh, her character is very different. It's kind of a surfer vibe, uh, kind of a female version of uh, surfer sting. Uh, but there's something about her that uh, she can she can just uh, transition into something else. And I see something in her. Uh, and I think that a lot of people that see her may not be uh, taking the attention that I have. Uh, but I've been watching wrestling for 40 years, maybe 42 years. Uh, and there's something about her that is going to be, she's going to be a main roster star. I'm going to say year and a half, but next six months, maybe if they use their cards, right. Uh, and Shawn Michaels and those people down there in talent development, see her. Uh, I think big things are going to happen for her. So, so Rook is my pick. I totally agree yeah. with that pick. She's, yeah. she's fantastic. With her. The more uh, TV time she gets, the better she gets. Yep. Super athletic. Super athletic. Yes, super athletic and innovative. Okay. Definitely. Uh, for, for mine, um, I'm going to pick another youngster, um, and you can catch her just about everywhere. And I call this, you know, Southwest. She she wrestles for Mission Pro Wrestling a lot. Uh, reality of Wrestling a lot. Um, goes uh, quite a bit sometimes. Um, a little bit nor more north. Uh, not too much quite yet because she's still real young in the business. Uh, but she's the first ever uh, rising champion for Sabotage Wrestling. And that's Emmy Camacho. Um, and it's it's someone that, you know, we've tried to get on the show before. Uh, we've talked. It, it didn't work out. Uh, hopefully we can get her on in the near future. Uh, but she's down there in a playground full of knowledge. Uh, you know, if you're down there in Mission Pro Wrestling and you're bouncing across reality of wrestling, Booker T's promotion, and you're with those women uh, down there, and, you know, especially in Mission Pro, when they got Holiday and Kylan King and Thunder Rosa, uh, you're going to you're gonna bud and be a big star. Uh, you know, Maddie Rankowski's down there a lot. Uh, so it's a great group of girls uh, to be around. And then, of course, the knowledge that Booker T can pass along to her anytime she passes through reality of wrestling. She's got a fantastic look, um, kind of like that uh, Roxanne Perez kind of look. Uh, great baby face look to her. I don't know if she'll ever be able to be a heel, but you could probably get great heat by putting a beating down on her and having her fire up. I just think in the probably the next two, I would probably give her uh, arrival time to be three years. Within the next three years, I think she will definitely be signed to a major promotion. Uh, and maybe NXT in the next year and a half. I can see that as well. Uh, but Emmy Camacho is someone that you need to pay attention to on the female side for sure. 
Tom, your wild card pick. Now, for people who don't know wild card, it can be one extra person, male or female. So, Tom, your wild card. So, I had a couple backup just in case somebody named one. So, luckily, I can go ahead with my first choice. Uh, so, Kenzie Page is my wild card. Um, she's doing big things for NWA. Like, she's she's really come a long way in the last year. Um and she, I don't think she scratched the surface yet. I, I really don't. Um, she's she's very young. She's she's one of those that has a huge career ahead of her. Um, you know, if the right opportunities fall into into place, and then for, it looks like that they are for her as of right now. So hopefully that momentum continues. Um, she does great work in the ring. Her character work has has been excellent. Uh, she's can be the the leader in a faction she can be the solo star she can be a tag team champion like she literally can do it all uh sky's the limit for her so excited to see what the future holds for her and her sister's not too bad either uh you know just breaking in uh tommy henry's got a good little factory down there uh going and um congratulations kenzie just uh won the women's television championship so congratulations to her. Yeah. Kenzie is definitely, that was actually my wild card. Uh, one of them I had written down as my wild card in case someone I like you had an extra one, just in case someone mentioned somebody, but Kenzie page, uh, definitely a name people need to know. That's someone who will probably, well, let's just say it, I, she signed the NWA. I'm pretty sure uh, I may be totally wrong on that, but depending on how that contract goes, she could be signed somewhere else in the next uh, few years as well. Cause she's comes from a pure wrestling family. It's in her genes. And uh, so, yeah, good pit. Aaron. So uh, mine is going to be um, actually somebody that I've seen a couple years in a row now um, at the, at the expo here in Indy. Plus uh, I've seen him, I believe in GCW. I think I'm pretty sure I saw him there and a few other promotions. He'd been floating around um, but reminds me a lot of, of, of a Ric Flair style gimmick, to be honest with you, with his look in the ring, some of his movements. Um, he's also a great heel and, and kind of stays in character most of the time as being a great heel um, when he's out and about ribbon fans and, you know, taunting fans and things like that. Um, but uh, that is uh, Carson Drake. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Carson Drake, um, but if you haven't, um, look him up. Um, I definitely have been impressed with his work that I've seen over the last couple of years. Um, again, uh, I don't know uh, if he's got anything in the works of signing with anybody major yet, um, but uh, definitely put on two great matches that I've seen so far with uh, with one of my favorites, um, which um, of course is uh, the uh, Nick Aldis. Um, two years in a row, I've seen him wrestle with Nick Aldis, uh, which is again, in my opinion, one one of the best free agents out there, in my opinion. Um, so, uh, Carson Drake's definitely uh, out there. And like I said, great super heel and, uh, kind of towed the line of heel face, uh, this past weekend when I seen him. So could go either way. Good one. JR. All right. So again, um, uh, I made it earlier that I'm still learning a lot of these indie wrestlers, uh, and I've been taking notes. So if you see me looking down a lot, I've been writing these people down cause I want to get to watching some of their videos and learning more about them. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to dip my toe back into what Tom started with the NWA. And I think people need to take, uh, they need to take more uh, notice to their world champion, Camille. Uh, Camille is an absolute powerhouse. She's actually nicknamed a brick house. And I believe in the right element, the right, the right place and the right time. She will, and unfortunately, when I was growing up, NWA was one of the main programs when it came to wrestling. I mean, it is a tradition that has went on for years, but uh, unfortunately, uh, it's kind of taken a back seat to AEW, uh, uh, WWE, and other programs that have a little bit more exposure. Uh, but Camille has held on to this. She's only 30 years old. She's at the prime of her career. Uh, she's only been wrestling for six years. So, uh, I mean, if you watch her ring work, her mic work needs a little bit of help, uh, but with a manager or someone else to kind of push her into that, I think that she would move into a mainframe uh, and she can compete with some of the top 
some of the top superstars that we have out there. Uh, she reminds me a lot of a Jay Cargill, but with more experience and not as green, if that makes any sense. Uh, and not just because she's a champion as well, uh, but, the, but but I believe that the right competition uh, and the right experienced wrestlers can elevate her to the next level. Uh, but Camille in the NWA is my pick as the next breakaway star. I like that. My wild card. Yeah. Camille's, it, Camille's great. In my but opinion, yeah. if if Charlotte was not in the WWE, did not exist, she would be in the WWE. Absolutely. I just think she's too close to what Charlotte is. And that's just an unfortunate thing for Camille. I mean, I'm not saying that Charlotte's not maybe a notch better, but if if Charlotte's not there, she would fill that void perfectly. Even so, um, she put on the best match, in my opinion, of NWA 74 um, in St. Louis against Taya Valkyrie. And she actually made my top five women's wrestlers of the year. Uh, she was my number four uh, this year. So, uh, really like Camille. I, the thing that will get Camille there is that she need, and I said this on that show, she needs that challenger. She needs yep. that feud. And they do a lot of one-offs with her. And maybe Kenzie Page is that person. Because uh, Kenzie is a really devilish sometimes in her character. And maybe she'll be the one that gets under Camille's skin. And that's a program they can go with. But the problem with NWA seems to be they've had a lot of good people fall into their lap. You know, with Kylan King and Maddie Rankowski and you know, they got Misa Kate there. They've got a lot of people right there, but they bring in one-offs too much uh, for Camille, and which can be good if you're doing a major show, but we need long-term feuds with Camille, uh, and I think more people take more more notice of her, definitely. But I love, I love Camille. I think she's great. Yeah. All right. For me, wild card, and if uh, they were here, they would say, there's nothing wild about me. I'm probably the whole card. And if you don't know who this guy is, I, I just feel sorry for you. And it's Effie. Um, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you need to know who Effie is. And um, and if you really want to know, you can order my book, and I'll tell you who Effie is, or he'll tell you. But he is one of the most charismatic wrestlers out there today. And he puts it all on the line every match. Um, it's kind of that, you know, it's Gary J and Aaron Williams, unsigned don't care. That's kind of Effie. He loves what he's doing. He loves putting on a show for everybody. He is an actual title contender for just about every promotion that he would step into if you booked him right. If they brought him into the WWE, he would be the perfect antagonist for a good three-month run for Roman where Roman's about to lose his mind. If you brought him over to AEW, he'd be the perfect person to be the antagonist for MJF for, for three to four months. NWA, GCW, it's Effie. Um, you know, again, we're going to be able to see him on Sunday. He does a lot of tag team matches. His feud with Cardona was fantastic. Uh, really cross-promoted that quite a bit over the last few years. There's just so much more that he can give to the world of professional wrestling, and I know he wants to. Uh, so that's my wild card pick, Effie. It's a great pick. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's something. All right. I think we all had some pretty good ones, and again – we understand. We could have said people like Cole Radrick, Alex Kane, you know, Billy Starks, Alex Crowley, Danny Moe, Kylan King, Kylan King, Maddie Rinkowski. We could have said all these people that we've had on the show before, but we wanted to throw out some names that we have not had on the show uh, and to bring some notoriety to them. Because we're hoping that you've watched our show and you've seen those people sitting across from us and interviewed, and then you went and found them already. 
Okay, that's one of the main purposes, again, of our podcast is to bring you all people that you may not have heard of. Now, don't get me wrong. We'd love to have some people you've heard of uh, on the show, but that's our main focus. So good list, guys. And no one had anybody, you know, Kenzie Page, but no one else had anybody the same. So that was really good. Now, before we go, Squared Circle Expo, where Tom went bankrupt on a much. tons of items. I don't even want to know how much that hat costs. I don't even need to know. I don't need hey, to know. This, don't even tell this me. This hat was worth every penny. Is it autographed? <laughs> no. No. It's not even autographed? No. I wore this proudly <laughs> the whole day after I bought it. I know. I saw, saw pictures of yeah. the Squared Circle Expo when I pointed you out in the crowd by wearing the hat. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know that bankrupts the word, but uh, I got some cool stuff. I got some cool stuff for sure. What's What's the best thing that you felt you got? What was your favorite thing that you got picked up, Aaron? Uh, as far as for me, it is probably the uh, the Kurt Angle figure that I had signed. Uh, it was a figure that I found uh, by accident one day, and I've never seen anyone like it uh, before. It was one of the raw version Kurt Angles, and I had him sign that and. Um, it's, uh, it was also enjoyable to meet him too. He's really, really down to earth. Nice guy. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Kurt Angle was great, but I'll tell you what, meeting MJF was something I will never forget. Did you, did you meet him, Aaron? Yeah. So yes. Uh, MJF was great meeting him <laughs> full on, full on character for sure. Um, we, uh, of course, uh, the figure we had signed or that I had signed, uh, he threw it on the floor afterwards, uh, after signing, he threw it on the floor and I couldn't even catch it, but run the corner of the figure, but you know, I'm cool with it. Uh, I got a picture and a video proving that he signed it. And, you know, I have the memory that, uh, he was in full character when he met me. So I was cool with that. Um, and then, uh, you know, MJF love him or hate him. And I, and I retweeted on a story I seen on, on Twitter, but you know, you go to these things to meet people. Um, we're wrestling fans. You got to understand what you're getting when you get there. You yep. got to expect that MJF was going to be a total, you know, I, I guess there's no other way to put it, but just a total ass when he meets everybody. That's, that's what he does. So to complain about that when you leave is not probably not the best thing to do because you knew what you was getting when you get, when you had them there. So, yeah, but for I, sure. loved it. I loved and it. You, you know, I felt very fortunate that, uh, when it came to me, he decided he was going to toss it at my face, so I was able <laughs> I was able to catch it, and it didn't hurt or damage the figure in any way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and he actually wrote a little extra on mine. Uh, not everybody's he did. Most people's I seen it was just a really bad MJF, but he wrote fat on mine, and then he held it up for the camera to take a picture of it, and I just thought that was pretty cool. Was, uh, <laughs> You know, it's something a little different that nobody else got. So I felt I felt pretty good about that. But yeah, it was a very expensive trip. And one thing with me is I don't like to walk by somebody's table if I'm a fan and not try to buy something from them or or, or whatever. Even though I've got 15 Matt Cardona autographs, I'm like I don't I don't need another autograph. But, you know, does he have anything that I can at least buy from him? Because, you know, I am a fan. I do like to support. So, luckily, I was able to see this hat and uh, buy it from him. And uh, he actually took a video of me in the hat for uh, his vlog. So, this should be two years in a row that I made his vlog at the Squared Circle Expo. So, that's kind of cool for me as a as a Cardona mark. But, uh yeah, it's hard, you know, and you see things that you don't plan on buying. You know, I, I try to budget. doesn't work, you know, because I'll see something that I'm like, oh, I really need this and uh, just have to pick it up. And before you know it, I'm just <laughs> handing money out like they're lollipops. And I'm like, it's a good thing I brought extra because the things I really wanted to get, I hadn't even finished getting yet. So yeah, it's, it can be an expensive trip, but uh, if you budget and plan right, uh, it's a very special trip. And I suggest anyone that can go try to go. It's, it's something like you'll, you'll never understand unless you go. Yeah. The, the other thing that I will say about that, and you know, it's plugging the expo, but I think it's the right thing to do because it's one of the best expos in the Midwest, in my opinion, 
Um, it was only his third year, but they already planned for a fourth. Um, it'll be Easter weekend next year. Um, but I will tell you, um, I've been to a few expos and just this one doesn't disappoint either. I will tell you that every single person that was there guest wise, either interacted with or was in the show, very down to earth and was there for the fans. It was never an, a bad experience with any person that I met or any person that I seen out and about. They were all very, very um, thankful for us being there and very welcoming. So great expo. I got to stop playing these things on Easter weekend and spring break week. Yep. That's that's rough when you got kids and you're trying to make a decision on what to do. So it's already on Easter weekend next year too? Yes. Well, let's see what happens then. It may be the third year in a row I don't make it. Get these kids situated anyway. So, well – Everyone, thank you all for uh, tuning in. Thank you guys uh, for hopping on here tonight. Um, GCW is this Sunday. Uh, some of us are going to be in attendance for it. Should be a great show. Really good lineup. Uh, some different people coming through this time uh, with GCW, which, I, you know, that's a good thing about, you know, promotions like that when they kind of switch up who they're bringing through. They don't necessarily always bring the same uh, group of people. Not to say that there aren't some. Uh, going to get to see some legends of – this air, this area, Tommy Wildfire Rich and uh, Dirty Doug Gilbert's going to be wrestling. And if y'all don't know who they are, they're not going to make our list of people you need to know for the future. Uh, they may make the list of people you may need to know in the past a little bit, especially Tommy Rich. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. And uh, at the old Evansville Coliseum in Evansville, Indiana, I love it because it starts at like five o'clock. I love it. Because I'm not home late, so that's another good one. Can't wait to be there. And, uh, hey, here's truth. Could be the last time before we see a few people before they take off to the stratosphere of the unknown. So uh, we'll kind of watch them, and uh should be a good, good night of action. Uh, for myself, Tom, Aaron, and JR, we appreciate y'all very much. Stay safe so y'all go out and watch all the promotions, conventions, anything that you all are wanting to attend. We appreciate y'all. Hit the subscribe button, and we'll see y'all next week.